0: Recently, I popped over to the Being Human podcast with Cara Schenk to enlighten Melburnians on fitness lockdown from a regional New South Wales perspective. We talked about why the customer is not always right and how being a coach is a bit like being a parent sometimes. Why some of us will hang in there during lockdown in the fitness industry while others cut losses and what that might mean for the future of not just physical, but mental health. I can talk. I think you guys all know this by now. Um, It's worth a listen. Uh, Speed it up if you need to. Um, But I hope you enjoy the episode. Awesome. So I am Cara, and this is the
1: Being Human podcast. I'm so excited to invite my good friend, fellow uh, gym owner Angie on to have a chat to us today about her experience during what is uh, lockdown here in Australia and what it is like to own a gym as a female business owner as well so Angie and I met um, in a mentoring course and I think in very many ways have very similar views on what fitness is to people and the importance of moving and not just for you know, aesthetics of the body, but it's just part of being a human individual and somebody that moves around um, within their own space. So super excited to have Angie on and share her story about what she's done to grow her business and what she's done to pivot within the space of the world that we're currently in. So welcome, Angie. (laughs) Hello. Welcome. I mean,
0: thank you, Kara. (laughs) I'm on podcast. I'm welcoming everyone. So this is a bit different for me. And even the past was different um, at the start of the year, but through our mentoring course, this is where we are. Um, so I'm based in a small-ish mining community in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales, and probably maybe a fair few of your listeners will associate the Hunter Valley with our wine region, which <clears throat> is true, uh, but it's quite a large region, and I'm from the Upper Hunter particularly, which is mining related, mostly at the moment. So I grew up here. I left here as a young adult and I lived in Western Australia. My um, husband and I bought a little van and drove across Australia before that was cool. And we just decided that we were going to live in Perth. Um, we lived there for a couple of years and then we went over to London and lived there for a couple of years and I had absolutely nothing to do with fitness whatsoever, no desire. I never played sport at school. I wasn't really interested in that culture. Um, and to, to some degree, the the friend groups of people who played sport wasn't very appealing to me. Um and so we ended up back in the Hunter Valley after leaving London, much to my disgust, but at the time there was a mining boom. My husband works within the mining industry. He's a tradesman. So it was a good financial decision to come back here after living overseas. Yeah, awesome.
1: Um it's so funny how you meet people through time who you have a very, I guess, similar story with. Like I, who went to school, wasn't very interested in sport or being part of um, sporting endeavours at all, and then, yeah, tread that path of deciding that I enjoyed it. Also lived over in the UK for a couple of years, and then, due to the whole current global situation, decided that I was. Um, best to come back and spend my time on Australian chores and here we all are and now we've met and I guess too we share very similar values on um yeah that idea that people don't have to be particularly that interested in sport or in a particular type of fitness to get involved but just giving it a a red hot crack is better than doing nothing for sure. You're on mute, mate. Angie, you're on mute.
0: Okay. I did not account for the poor internet connection in regional New South Wales. all <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. We're used to it so you can either edit that out or you can leave it in so I um had my kids and I was working for a a not-for-profit here a community organization that helps disadvantaged people uh non-government organizations so I was their office manager I did a bit of community development work as well and I was there for eight years and I did really enjoy the job but politics stuff like that I eventually led me to leave um And I didn't have another job and my mum has always been uh, a fitness trainer. My parents owned a gym when I was younger so this makes it even more interesting as to why I probably had no desire to be involved in that world because there was a bit of a, a bodybuilding culture then at the time and stuff and so I used to watch people. I used to have to be at the gym as a kid and I used to have to be there after school and I used to have to help mum and dad clean and stuff and just um I did get along well with everyone that went there but it was the bodybuilding and aerobics culture and I was like nah that's not for me as a kid so I probably went a little bit anti but jumping back to leaving my job mum needed a Pilates instructor and she was like do you want to do Pilates course now you've got this spare time, you can help me out, and I was like, I, know, I like learning things. So I'll do that. I'm shit scared of getting up in front of a class. Nothing else at the moment, so I started doing Pilates just about every day, as well as studying it. And the benefits to my mental health after leaving my job in a bit of a conflict situation, as well, was just so great for me. And then, as you know, you you start to learn this skill of coaching people, teaching people. It's pretty. It's pretty, um, it's hard at first. You don't really know what you're doing, but you only get better with practice. And then it just grew from there because it was like, okay, I've done this. I'm over this hurdle. What do I want to do next? Yeah, awesome. And I
1: love
0: that. Yeah. Hopefully that gives you a bit of an overview of how I got into it. I, I love that
1: story. I love that story so much. And it's something that <laughs> so I like. That's brand new to me. And then,
0: yeah. yeah, I don't really, I don't talk about my story that much. Well, I do, but I don't. Because you do online, you know, you know yourself. If you've done a few marketing courses courses and things like that, you kind of do have to share a little bit about yourself. But people only get snippets and so that's why I really like the podcast format too um I guess from there yeah it just grew I came across Metafit and as a group exercise um format that was and I recognized it as something that wasn't available in our town and there was nothing like it in town so there was boxing classes there was boot camps there was the stuff that mum was doing and that So I was ready to do something different. And personally for myself with two young kids, I was looking for something where I could work out for less time, harder, and just not spend hours doing aerobic style stuff. I can teach freestyle step and bar as well. So I don't know if you know, yeah, I did mention that to you. Um, But yeah, got into the Metafit and then started to teach the classes and it slowly, slowly grew from that being out in fields, um, community halls, that kind of thing. Uh, And then eventually ending up in my own premises, which obviously we're not in there at the moment, but it's really nice to have a home instead of carting gear around and moving from place to place and being subject to the weather when you're outdoors. It looks like primarily not health conscious and if you are it's unusual and that annoys me and I'd like something that I'd like to see change and because I just think that when you put people up on a pedestal who inverted commas do fitness it's widening the gap between people who do and don't so it's that whole identity thing so I would avoid going to the school when we were able to like the primary school for my boys, because I would always be in gym gear and somebody would always say something about it because it's unusual. And it would always be a comment such as, Ooh, been working out. Have we? And I know that you guys probably can't relate to that. If everyone does down there, it's like in Melbourne. Yeah. So it's not unusual it's like the reverse up here. So you, you may, there's higher rates of, you know, chronic disease and lifestyle illnesses. Um, so it's not great, I guess I try to be down to earth so that I try to be approachable um, down to earth and make it a little bit more or less overwhelming for people does that answer your I can't even remember what your original question was <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I, I love that and that's such a lovely backstory and I think you and I very much have very similar views on fitness why we coach people our approach to coaching as well as in making it available to and consumable for people like it doesn't have to be perfect I think sometimes here particularly here in Melbourne we have that thing where there's so much gym culture around that people get maybe pressured or feel like they have to be in it or completely out of it they can't be somewhere halfway in between Um, it's not uncommon for people to be walking around on the street in their gym clothes like I wear gym clothes 24 7 because I don't own a proper pair of pants but um, whereas yeah it's it's been interesting to, you know, meet you and see your gym develop and the differences that a gym within your setting faces because it's not like here where we have a huge massive overpull of the market where most gyms don't know any of their clients. They're not from the same community. It's people that are coming in like to that gym after work because it's the closest studio on the way home from work. And then, you know, they only travel in their Monday to Friday and they don't really know anyone. And there's a lot of people just kind of training on their own and avoiding human contact. Whereas you've got a space in the community where people are a lot closer knit and will know each other from friends or, you know, the local rugby club that you were talking about the other day and stuff like that. It's a lot um, more connected, which, has its own benefits and its own drawbacks, right? Where sometimes you feel like you can't hide from people. Like I live in a suburb now where I'm surrounded by everybody that I used to teach. So I go down to the shops and people are there. I buy ice cream and people, you know, it's all these sorts of things. But um, it definitely has helped in some ways. And then in some ways it becomes difficult and challenging in times like these where there's hard conversations to have I think everybody that's been a business that's been impacted by the global situation has had to have difficult conversations um, in regards to the livelihood of their business and you know clients that are also friends it's having difficult conversations with them in regards to the ways we're able to support them and that throws challenges and then our own mental health, of course, when we feel like just absolutely having a toddler tantrum and you can't because, you know, you have to be professional, but, you know, you're human at the same time.
0: Absolutely. I I do try to put that forward to my clients and the fact that I'm human. And that's probably, as you say, being in a close-knit community or relatively where you will run into people when you go uptown and people will like make a point of looking in my trolley. And so that drives me to make a point of putting things in there that they wouldn't expect to see from a fitness trainer. Cause it's like that whole perception about you're either this person on a pedestal doing everything perfectly and looking a certain way, or you're not. And so I don't think it needs to be that way. And so I, am pretty, mm, pretty open about my behavior and stuff like that. So I had a conversation with um, a client about, I'm also a nutritionist. So I had a conversation about nutrition with a client recently, which is a difficult one. Most people around here just want to address their goals with exercise alone. It's as, as you know, you need to do a lot. that very consistently so bring up the conversation would you like nutrition support now this person um, was very overweight in the past and tried to get nutrition advice from someone who essentially gave them a female bodybuilding plan and this is a large male so I'm aware this person was giving everybody 1200 calories including this guy (laughs) and um I guess just it's trying to gain people's trust and uh, I've actually had the comment from a few clients this week, you're human. It's nice to hear the information from someone who goes through the same as us. I'm very open about my emotional eating when I do that in lockdown because I don't want people to be ashamed. And But going back to the 1200 calorie trainer who God knows if he's even a nutritionist, I don't know. I don't care to be honest. But what I do deal with is the fallout of people having damage to people in the past and they think that that's what nutrition and exercise is or they think that's what reaching their goals looks like and so that i'm potentially going to do the same thing to them so a lot of what i want to do is change perceptions and even within my own member group who they do listen to me for the most part um, lockdown is about changing their perceptions about what service i'm providing to them and what service i can provide to them and what home training looks like and we had that discussion recently. Is home training doing a hundred squat jumps for a warm-up? Or is that just really lazy programming to like get that visceral effect of, you know, the sweat and the heart pumping? And just so you make sure that people feel like they've done something productive when they've possibly done the opposite. But yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. And and it's so interesting you bring up the the nutrition side of things, right? Because I, if you follow Angie's content online, she is totally open in terms of her content that she puts out there and make sure that she's really about showing people that being human is not, because um, again, I we all have people within our scope and as personal trainers and nutritionists that try to come off that if it doesn't have kale and quinoa in it and it's not this and it's not that, then it's not perfectly going to align with your goals all the time, right? And then people meet you and you're not a hard ass and they go, well, you must not really know what you're talking about because this person said. Mm. And that's that whole conversation about training as well. Like it doesn't have to be that you're constantly putting your body through high intensity workouts. I think of all the HIIT workouts I've done in my life and I think I would never want to do that again. Like I just don't have the brain capacity to want to put my body through either 1,200 calories or a high-intensity HIIT workout because
0: it just would break me. It's um, yeah, men- tax- Mentally, physically taxing, we tend to think that like if we put, and I believe this myself as well, and, and there certainly is a time and a place for pulling levers of intensity, but it's maybe not inverted commas intensity that people think. And I mean, that body weight stuff that you did with us, which was basically mobility drills. I mean, a lot of it was that burnt like shit, I was struggling. That's it. We weren't jumping up and down. We were activating our muscles. And this is, you know, trying to bring people around to, well, there's, there's more than one way to go about things and it doesn't always involve, as you said, in our conversation, you know, just doing whatever's on a board and doing it as fast as possible and getting yelled at in the process. And that's, I think, in this community, that, that's the perception of what working out is. For a lot of people, maybe not for everyone, but you then you then have the other um, fitness community that are based in like your public gymnasiums that, you know, they are the people that train on their own and they might be following some kind of bodybuilding or strength training plan, but they do it on their own in the gym with their headphones on Their you know that's also I've had feedback from people and look wherever you go it's all about your perception and your expectations as well but my particular clients are not interested in that environment either so I like to provide an environment where they feel comfortable to come in do what they need to do be able to use equipment without waiting but also have a friendly environment but not a click a click which was some really great feedback I got before lockdown as well love that, that everyone just comes in says hello maybe you say a couple of other things like oh nice tights or whatever it's, it's usually something friendly but there's no groups within that setting as well so I I think in that regard I'm definitely consciously my staff and I are providing an environment that is not like other places in town. And if other people enjoy those kinds of environments, that's not to throw shade on them, but we're just not going to provide another one, I suppose.
1: Yeah, and I think that comes down to, like, at the end of the day, like, really awesome leadership from you. Like, what I know of you from the time that we've known each other is how much of a forward-thinking... Leader that you are, and like you would like, as you said, you're like I just like to solve problems. If there's a problem that needs to be solved, I want to solve it, and then I want to direct it, and I want to execute it well in whatever way that it has to be, you know, dealt with. I'm not fearful of change because we've all had to deal with change at the moment within business and the way that we do things. But it's being able to go, what are all my possible solutions? How do I make sure that the people that are within my space are part of that? informed choice and then let's go about you know executing the things that we need to execute to make sure that we're all on the same page right whereas I think there's that disconnect within and I've seen this in various gyms that I've helped um, over the last few months during, during a lockdown where their people aren't showing up to support them or help them out or want to be at their online classes or anything like that, because they haven't been led well. They've just been told, well, like this is a service we're running and you have to deal with it. And well, sorry, but you know, too bad, too sad kind of thing. And that's led to people going, I don't want to support you during this time or when we're back open to being inside the studio. And it's interesting to have those conversations and people not understand how important a good leader is. And I think that's the key, the key takeaway there.
0: Yeah. I feel like I haven't had a choice or I guess the choice is not to, isn't it? But I've never felt, never felt that. I've never felt like, Oh no, I'm not going to do this. Um, I have had my moments like last week, we talk about mental health with gym owners and, um, I usually refer myself, refer to myself as not a gym in order to like put that whole where different things, spin on things as well, which is true. But for the purposes of these conversations, I will, but you know, other gym owners, you've got to allow yourself, I think, to stop and be pissed off for a moment. And I, I certainly did that last week. Um, I had a couple of down days where I just went, do you know what? I am so sick of trying to keep up with what the hell is happening we've just been told in new well last week we were told when our lockdown was extended and look we're in a region with zero cases and (laughs) we're locked down with the rest of New South Wales and we're walking around with masks on outside and it's a bit like this is ridiculous like I get that there's a risk um all of that aside when lockdown was extended we were told that in the next two weeks or after the next two weeks we may be allowed if we're fully vaccinated to people and I just went I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? (laughs) What does that mean for fitness? No one is saying. What does that mean for what we're going to be allowed to do? So I'm here this week trying to plan for a guessing game, essentially. So I think that, but I think that giving myself those couple of days, and I highly recommend it to anybody who's listening that's in the same situation. You do not have to just keep going and setting a good example or doing what you think you should do or being productive every day or trying to stay one step ahead of the game every day because sometimes you just need to stop. And I think that that's the only thing that's allowed me this week to now go, all right, I'm ready again. Yeah. Because people, com- people come to you,
1: right? It's like when you've pre- pre- provided a safe space that makes them feel empowered and lets them, you know, move or create or whatever it is, they come to you and they ask you questions. Like when we jumped on for the Zoom class the other day and a few of Angie's members were asking her like, well, what are the rules now? And Angie's like, I know just as much as you know about the rules. Um, I'm also... <laughs> a member of the state just trying to figure it out. I will let you know once I've figured out what the rules are and what's going on. But thank you very much for asking. I will find the information out for you. So there's that extra level of, you know, interesting factor when we're in a situation like this where people still look at you for leadership and when you as a leader are just kind of like, I'm totally throttled by the situation. You can't actually be productive or focus on you know basic decision making skills as well which I think right now a lot of people have exhausted their ability to make you know smooth precise decision about how do we just not bulldoze over over the bullshit but just make a firm decision go with it and when it needs to change it needs to change rather than yeah being also waiting for somebody else to make the decision for us. Like as you and I were saying, yeah. we don't know when the gyms are going to open again. So we've kind of got to go with what we what we can right now and put a plan into pro place. And if it changes in a week at random with five hours notice, which it usually does, then we work yeah. we work towards creating whatever that is for the next um the next batches of things. So
0: yeah, I'm uh, like dealing with, do, do I, okay, let's put together a plan for a one-to-one service delivery model. Is that outside the doors? Is it on a field? Is it in a car park? Um, can we do three-to-one? We don't know. But how about that model? My normal model is about um, six to eight-to-one normally so that's not too bad if we get some relief it's not too much different for me but i know that there's other businesses where it's normally like 30 people in a room or you know that's their 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 business model and i i can't imagine what that would be like to be dealing with that so i like to work on a small group model myself but so i don't have too far to go from the normal i do enjoy doing one-to-one i just spent I tried to close this week. I'll put it this way: and God love my members. I thought, okay, this is week. What week is week four of lockdown? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, it's week. It's week. <laughs> it's week three or four. It's must be four. Must be it's four. four online, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our, our online schedule's been going really well, and I've been loving it, and I've been really energized by it, and I just didn't want to stop, but I knew within myself if I didn't close for a week and think okay this scenario that scenario let's try and gather some information that in another week I was gonna burn out even though things are going well so I contacted all my members individually and said this is what I'm doing because I didn't want to just do a group post like you say you don't want to treat people like and I mean I don't have hundreds and hundreds of members I don't even have a hundred members so that makes it easy to do that I can contact I've probably got the least members out of every by my estimate and I four. but it's taken me a bit of trial and error to find that that's that's where my enjoyment factor is with my job um but yeah contacting all of them individually and saying look I'm gonna close the timetable but I'm not leaving you in the lurch and I'm going to give you the option to pause your membership because while I really appreciate your support, I get that I'm not the only one who's going to be financially struggling soon. Like some of my members may want to support me and value supporting me out of like the love of the service and, and just because they're really great people as well. But I was kind of in the mindset of, okay, so maybe everyone having a little financial break, they've got enough stuff to go on with is a good idea. But I, gave, I didn't want to leave people in the lurch. So I gave the option of, I'll book you in for a, a virtual PT with me. If you want to continue, or will set, set up your plans for the week. We'll talk about, catch up, any questions to spend that time. And most people took that option. So I just spent the last two days online, um, which I loved. I loved it. I was, I even ended up locking myself in my bedroom last night to finish them off. And I worked until eight 30 doing it and back to back, just talking to everyone. I'm even recording myself because I was like, I need to record this because I'm saying it to lots of people, but in individual ways, but you know, there's a lot of common themes of what people are struggling with, with their home workouts. Anyway, my family must have just been listening to me the whole time. And then I come out of the room and I'm like, you know, get that high from working with people and helping them as well. And I've burst out of the room last night, like ready to get some dinner and pour a wine and just say hello to my family as well. And I start talking to my husband about my day and he just looks at me and goes, haven't you had enough talking, mate? Can you just come five minutes? And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Yep. Good plan. (laughs) But, you know, as much as you say you want a break, I have been reinvigorated by that if I had a kept doing the group training schedule though the zoom ones like the virtual sessions which are going well I wouldn't have had that opportunity to speak with everyone one-to-one because my time would have been taken up so I'm not resentful that I ended up work just working two massive days doing that it was very valuable and it's allowed me to get feedback from people on what's working well for them and what they need help with the most instead of just assuming. Because I know that the original lockdown 2020, I made a lot of assumptions about people want what they wanted or I took it face value. You know, when clients might believe that they need a hundred squat jumps, for example. So you deliver that to them because they they tell you that's what, what they want but if you don't listen to beneath that but, and, and understand that they're not the expert and I'm not being mean to any of them they're definitely the expert on how they might like to go about things but we're there to guide them and they're not the expert on fitness programming so not the expert on lockdown programming so I spent a a lot of time last lockdown um the first lockdown trying to deliver what I thought they wanted and I got burnt out and I didn't enjoy it so this time around I've been like this is what we're doing guys and I'm going to show you a new way of doing things and the response has been so much better the job satisfaction for me has been so much better as well yeah because it's
1: like it's super so I think that whole I
0: Yeah, exactly. And I actually feel inspired by lockdown this time. As I said to you, I've got a problem to solve. I'm in my element when I'm problem solving to a degree. Like sometimes I'll, I'll have one of those tantrums. Um, but I think even the last two years, is it two years, 18 months has kind of taught me to maybe not drop my bundle as much. So that's a positive as well. Um, but I did just want to say, I love this quote that I heard from, I think it was Mark McDonald and I did his nutrition course, which was amazing. It was so, so hard. But he said in response to somebody with a problem around maybe the client was throwing up too many barriers around um, reaching their goal by disrupting the plan too much with what they wanted or whatever. I don't know what it was, but it was basically the, the saying was sell them what they want and then give them what they need. And I think it's important for fitness professionals to remember that. Oh,
1: 100%. Like, and I think too, it's also, you know, comes with confidence. I know from what I've learned, like I knew a lot of information myself, but it wasn't until like, I've gone and done this mentorship and I've had been around a group of people that are just like, don't shit on your own parade like you know what you're talking about just go with the information that you have be confident enough to roll with it because when you've been a respectful kind compassionate leader maybe people for a moment are going to be a little bit disgruntled about the fact that oh you've taken a stance and you've provided them you know something that you know is going to be good for them but then they know that they have you backing them as well like there's this beautiful relationship it's like um my mom explained it to me so beautiful last night she's like it's like being a parent you know sometimes you have to Ah! teach your child a hard lesson of this is what I'm doing for you for love because I love you and I want you to understand how amazing you can be but there has to be at some point a little bit of tension there for you to take your time to understand it and I think that's it like gyms will try and provide and provide and provide what they need but the client's not forced to look in the mirror and go oh that's actually not what I wanted or I needed because they've just told you and you've gone yeah I'll do anything for you and then it becomes this the gym owner or the fitness industry gets burnt out because they're constantly just meeting people's needs as opposed to going hang on we know the information listen to us and we can
0: help you yeah yeah, and in, uh, it's got to be collaborative and that's where I'm in my element and preferring to treat my clients as individuals because I think that it's that whole self-determination theory. It's that whole um, – and and some people think that they don't want that, but, we you know, they think, oh, I just need someone to tell me what to do. How What percentage of people ever fucking listen to you? They say, can you just tell me what to do? And you go, okay, it's this. And they go, nah. And just go and do the complete opposite. I've found collaboration is much better for my business in particular, and individualization, um, which is a bit hard for some people to get on board with. When when I started down that path, when I when I started questioning myself and going, you know what, I'm not really. And it was after last lockdown that would be the biggest moments. And I look back now. So I was in a foul mood. I should have been grateful. I should have been grateful. And yet I had this decided to get back onto the mentoring course as well, because I'm like, what is wrong with me? I think what was wrong with me is that I wasn't happy with the service that I was delivering because I was doing what people told me they wanted. And I was burning out. It wasn't how I wanted to work with people. It wasn't what I knew they needed. And, it, yeah. and you start to feel you start to feel like you're just providing like a club for people to do what they want at, and you're like, no, <laughs> you've come to me for an outcome, yeah, yeah. So and that was a big. I think I've been about through. I I did not count the number of changes before we came onto this discussion, but I don't know how many changes I've had in the last eighteen months, but it's a lot. But people
1: also, I think, you know, you things have to grow and things have to change. And it is a a learning and growth process, but you're so right. I think if anything, I would hope a lot of people have had out of this lockdown experience is reflection of going, okay, what's working, what makes me feel inspired when the world's pretty uninspiring. Like I've thought that I wanted to get straight back into the fitness industry after having, you know, quite some time off rush back to work in the first gym that I could possibly find and was not having a good time whatsoever because I wasn't teaching in the way that I like to teach or the information I provided wasn't what I wanted to provide and I just felt burnt out and annoyed and like a kid at high school that gets looked at really weirdly when people are like oh you look tired and exhausted and not know what you're talking about because I wasn't there passionately I was there because I really wanted to work in fitness again, but I had no idea how I felt about what I was providing to them. So um, I think it definitely takes mm. some time and reflection to go through that muddy water and come out going, oh, actually, I can live an inspired life doing things the way I like them if I just start doing it, not waiting for somebody to come yeah. and go, oh, why do not you do it the way that yeah. you wanted to do it?
0: yeah i think i was waiting a lot last year after lockdown waiting for the right moment to do what needed to be done instead of and then at some point i remembered oh hey hang on a sec that's my job it's my job to make the so i have had made changes steadily and starting to work well people starting to understand where i'm coming from and getting on board with the message and and then we got locked down again. So we're, (laughs) we're taking another different approach. So, um, and I think if, if this, if there are other gym owners or coaches listing, then I think you've got to try not to be worried about, oh, what if I lose all my members or clients? Um, what if, um, you know, and and it is going to be a reality for some of us that we're going to get down to the last dollars in our bank accounts. We're going to be down to our last members and we're going to have to be running from that. But I think in this lockdown, I'm not too concerned about that because I'm just trying to take the mindset that it creates space for new things. And it very much has like, you do have some members drop off and it's not always personal either. It's because They've got the shits about the whole situation and that's understandable, you know, and they're probably just going to hibernate it out or do what they've got to do, like, to keep themselves, I don't know, do what they've got to do mentally, emotionally, and they might make a change in future. But I think that there will be... A lot of work for all of us after this and what on the one hand i'm concerned about what people's mental and physical health looks like after this after these continued extensions and the potentially not being allowed back into our space even i'm trying not to think along those lines but i also know that it's a very real possibility so i need to have a plan in place for what that looks like um so maybe you won't be able to do the types of training that you were doing before lockdown, but there's potential to learn new things. And as I say, there's potential for all of us as professionals to be working with the people who are really ready to be worked with. And when you talk about people in Melbourne going to gyms and studios, because they may maybe feel like they need to be a part of that culture, maybe it's um, a bit of pressure in their workplace or, their social circle um maybe those people will drop off and maybe you'll be working with the serious people again is that making sense oh 100% yeah yeah Yeah. I think it's going to change the industry for the better ultimately because the people that are not passionate and I'm not saying I don't know who would think that they're in it for the money because that's very very wrong but um you know they get other jobs because they're just yeah there's there's going to be more people that need help from passionate people and it's going to be very inspiring I would suggest I agree that's with my you. prediction for
1: sure and I think any pts within um the dense population of Melbourne perhaps because I guess the difference that you have or where you are is that you need to be a super passionate person to stand up like up against so much um so much resistance right people are going to be like why would you open a gym in an area where people aren't that interested in their health and fitness and you have to create a space which you would want to have if you were the person that wanted to have one right I think in Melbourne, we are seeing a huge amount of drop off of PTs out of the industry completely who have now realised that it's not a pandemic proof job to work, you know, Um, my household is two PTs that uh, are in a relationship and live together. And yes, we've been financially impacted, but we're passionate enough to stay the course. I had a woman yesterday asked me who I trained she's like so what's going to be your career change job because obviously the fitness industry is going to collapse this year and I just went I'm just waiting it out because I'm passionate enough to be here for the long term and if it does collapse well I've got plenty of interpersonal skills she'll be right whereas yeah I've had probably uh, 15 close trainers that I know that have all just gone too too bad too sad too hard let's find something else and, you know, that earns more money.
0: Maybe it is about cutting their losses as well. And some people are good at doing that. I I personally feel like I'm not finished doing what I wanted to do. And I don't like not finishing things to a degree. It annoys me. So maybe, maybe that's one of the reasons I hang in. But I mean, you're not waiting it out. You're doing groundwork. And this is what I'm trying to tell my clients to do as well. There is plenty of groundwork to be done on your health outside the context of coming and doing a session in person with me. There is plenty of groundwork you can do with your own body weight and a power band. If that's all you have, there is plenty you can do to keep yourself primed to come back into that situation where we're going to start using the barbells again and the dumbbells and classes and yeah um doing the groundwork you know professionally you're you're delivering online services I've had you deliver workshops for my clients which is fantastic it took the pressure off me to be delivering everything as well and although I have staff members this is new to them online coaching is just it's a whole different thing again and they've suddenly been asked to now learn a completely different skill set, which I've spent probably the last two to three years gradually learning.
1: Yes, it's a massive skill set. Like coaching online is tenfold harder than teaching in person because you have to use your words and you have to, you know, your you haven't got body language as something to use as conversation. So it, it's limited to the way that you speak and the way that you articulate your voice. And and that plays a role. And if, particularly if you're, you're new, I've got a lot of students going out into the industry that are having to coach online to begin with. And I'm like, if you can coach online, you can coach in person with no issues whatsoever. It's so much harder to coach well online and to create space and facilitate a A really good class um but but yeah it's a whole different different skill set in their own but I really love that analogy of of putting in the groundwork and this is something that I've definitely tried to inspire people around me to do is like what is something that you've never made time for like there's things now that I'm I kept not making time to record this podcast because I'm like oh I've got so much travel time and I've got so much one-on-one stuff and I've got so many people and yes I love conversation but I don't have a spare four or five hours in my week to record edit and meet with people um, whereas now I do and I'm super grateful and it will be huge groundwork for for later on when life does get busy and I look forward to that but I also am enjoying eating food from plates and not table and not containers like carry containers uh, oh. out of the bottom of my backpack because I can sit at home and eat my meals now, which is awesome. So huge, you know, huge benefits yeah. to that stuff. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. look, that's something that I take a bit for granted because um, my um, shed is like a 10-minute walk from my house. So I would go and teach classes of a morning and then walk back home have some lunch. It might be a hot lunch too or whatever. And then walk back again, listen to a podcast on the way. So that's another great benefit of living in a regional community, I think, versus you guys having to commute potentially.
1: Yeah. And be out all day. Is, commute is killer, but it's it's been good to see that there's other ways of other ways to pe- of teaching and we've even have a whole lot of students that enjoy having zoom as the option still when we do go back into studio like we run both because you know if you've got a lunch break and you can do 45 minutes of an hour class but you can't do the travel time well we make that available to people as well to feel part of the scenario and that's might might be the way that it has to go for a while once they tell us how we're allowed to open back up for yeah. density requirements and stuff like that so pivoting I guess although I I'm starting to dislike that word it is the word of of this uh this year I think and um I think that just also shows true resilience like being able to go I can't run things perfectly the way I'd like to but I can still complete complete the chapter and not just give in because it's not perfect like It's the same thing we tell people with dieting and exercise, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be done. And the outcome is closer towards one direction than the other. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, I think I myself saying something similar last night to a client so I can post it later. But one of the things I've been saying is, you know, you might not have thought that you would be doing online training or training from home, but... Online training, there's no space and time and place barrier or not as much. So I've actually picked up a couple of clients from Queensland during this time too, which is really nice. Um, so it's bringing people, more like-minded people from other parts of Australia into our community and we're, we're then not just limited to the people that are within this community with, unfortunately, those um health markers statistically that i've spoken about like not i'm not saying that everybody here is like that but statistically we we don't have the best um health outcomes here yeah and so what
1: what do you look forward to last last question because this is my closing question for this podcast what do you look forward to post pandemic
0: Post-pandemic, I think that I look forward to, I guess, standing my ground on how I will run my business and the, even the fact that it may have been stripped back to fairly bare bones in terms of maybe class times, maybe member numbers, that kind of thing. That's I can rebuild from that in a a way that suits my lifestyle better. So I need to remember that I'm also a person. I'm not just a business owner. I'm also a human and I exist outside of my business and I've learnt the hard way from last year um, that I was existing too much within it and I've taken steps and even to some degree lockdown is going to assist that process. So it's yeah. it's about if if you are a business owner or you want to be a business owner in the fitness industry um, or even not in the fitness industry, this is another discussion I've been having with my clients in our one-to-one catch-ups this week and it's about how to manage boundaries with your work and do the things that are important to you and how many times when you programmed for me, was I like, oh, yeah, um, I've just got to push that session back because I've been catering to everyone else in the first half of the week and I actually haven't done the amount of training volume that I wish to get done. And so I'm going to be a little bit more selfish after the pandemic to put a long story short.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and it's important as and it's valuable because I think part of why we get into fitness writers because we love self-growth and development and then suddenly even the simple things like I think people forget exercise and taking care of yourself is self-development it's not just something that you do because you're told to it's something that I definitely learn about myself when I don't eat enough vegetables I feel like a piece of crap and then if I don't move enough I feel terrible and my brain doesn't function as well and I feel sluggish and I feel tired so it doesn't have to be exercising for a weight or the fact that you want to look a certain way it's so that you can do all the other things in your life with more zest and more you know um better better being better in that moment and being more in that moment I think is the key takeaway from me
0: ah yes I say to my clients who don't want to do weights training because they don't want to think about counting their reps and concentrating on what they're doing Um, like crossing over fruit fitness scenario where you're just like told exactly what to do and um, now do this, now do that. And then I'm getting them to sort of think about their own programming a bit more. So a little bit of resistance there, but I say to them, Hey, a set of squats is meditation. If you lose your focus on your barbell back squat, you're goners. Not even if you're lifting super heavy at all or not, you just need to focus. And how many opportunities in our day do we really get to just focus without distraction? A set of five, six, seven, eight, twelve 12 squats. Go for yeah. it. It's not.
1: Yeah, hmm. absolutely. I love that. The yoga teacher in me loves that because I find back squatting <laughs> and deadlifting way more meditative than I do when I focus too much on breathing and stretching at the same time that's definitely my weight sessions is my my meditation time and my yoga is my brain goes into you know over overdrive thinking but um it's been so lovely to chat and there's so many beautiful anecdotes within this conversation that I think we can all be inspired by whether you're wanting to be a business owner you are a business owner you're a parent a a mom a wife a human that just has something that they want to continue to go through regardless of the resistance that you have going on, it's a really important conversation to, to listen to. So um, thank you so much, Angie. It's been awesome to have you on. And how can people find you to work with you if you have time to work with
0: them, that is? the call to action. Um, I'm always happy to have a chat people I have well yeah you can get me at coach at fitaf.com.au you can jump on my website at fitaf.com.au um but yeah shoot me an email ask me a question yeah, I love that she'll love it
1: she loves the chat so thanks so much Angie and um yeah listen to this conversation multiple times everybody because it's a great one
0: Thank you Carol. Thanks mate.